0: Good
1: morning, everyone. Welcome to the Explicit Measures podcast. This Tuesday morning—I double check my days. Tuesday morning with Mike, Tommy, and Seth.
0: Welcome, everyone. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Happy Tuesday! There it is. It's there nice it is. to hear
2: that again. I think
0: I, I think I actually forgot that last week. I was So discombobulated.
2: Waited like by... ten minutes. Yeah, we're so Are stressed
0: you... out. Hold up! Hold up! But let, let me replicate by you guys and. In... For those of you that are with us live, thanks for giving us another shot.
2: Yeah, right. Not as many.
0: <laughs> Last week we had some travelers, and we uh, tried out a new approach to see if uh, we could take the show on the road without uh-uh. giant buckets of gear. And the uh-uh. answer to that is buckets nope. of
1: gear still doesn't fo- solve the problem. Yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. So we will we will no longer we will we will make sure we pre-record things instead of trying to figure out we could do audio with us and drag ourselves around. Apparently, the, the internet at Airbnbs are not as great as you'd think. So
2: Yeah, what a surprise. Welcome
0: back to the frames, gentlemen.
1: We got some I new know. swag. One thing coming on here. For those yeah, of you here watching I online, hats have come out. We have the PBIX hat. Funny story already. I'm wearing the hat around the house. And then my wife goes to me and goes, what's a PBIX?" <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. You either know it or you don't. He's already with the
2: times. <laughs>
1: So I was like, it's it's pbix, and then we had some other friends. That were like, I was I was wearing around some friends, and they were like, so so what does pbix stand for? I'm like, it's the file type of the Power BI um, reports that I build, and then literally right after that, what what is the pbix? It's the file type of. <laughs> I <it's> the question <laughs> twice because you were like. People weren't getting it. It just wasn't clicking. I was like, you know you what? Know, like this is just... XLSX. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> you familiar with that? What's yes, exactly. That? So I was like, oh, well, you know what? This conversation's over. This conversation's over. You don't. You clearly don't understand BI intelligence. If you're asking,
0: if you're asking, <laughs> if you're, you're
1: not going to know. Exactly. This is yeah. There's going to be there's going to be an episode coming up where there's a, there's no
0: explaining of the jokes. It's just going to be lots of jokes. It's a it's a, it's a secret society. In, in other yeah, news... Y- y- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Y- no. <laughs> i just going to keep going with it.
1: <laughs> You're going to keep playing that one? So I, I wanted to, to touch on some news that's coming up. Uh, there are a couple tools that are in the works that are coming out here or have recently released. Michael Kowalski, who is a Microsoft Power... I don't know what area of the platform he sits in, but he's a PM for something on the Power BI team. Has been writing a bunch of code. He just is crazy kicking out code here left and right. He just released a blog the other day about the what was it called, Tommy? The, the Power BI analyzer. It's it's the report of analyzer. Report analyzer, which is a um it's a C sharp application that you can install and also included now with BusinessOps. So you can go download the latest version of Business Ops. Bunch of updates there as well. But you can now download his tool and it it takes a couple inputs. It takes the PBIX file as well as the I'm gonna get this wrong. It's the VertiPak engine
2: the rep- the re- performance analyzer export file the
1: performance analyzer export file and if you take those two things and put them in the same folder together it kind of overlays performance data based on visuals on the page quite interesting so a uh, very interesting take on looking at the performance of your report within a kind of an external tool so i thought it was really cool um i need to p- spend some more time playing with it. it only came out yesterday so i'm gonna see how it works and, and figure some things out there on it. So I'd highly recommend if you haven't seen it, go check it out, download business ops, update that, put it back in uh, on your machine and you'll automatically have it. And you can add that external tool into your uh, Power BI desktop. Any other news guys across the announcements, uh, their blog posts that you thought were interesting?
2: I Obviously October's out like probably do we talk about that i don't remember what don't, happened in you know what
1: that's actually true we did not talk about the october release coming out so the october release is out i've heard some grumblings on twitter i believe uh, i don't know if you guys have heard this but in the october release the model view the, the view where you have all the views of all the the tables and such like, mm-hmm. seems to be not saving its state anymore
2: i thought it was just me i'd be too okay. yeah i was
1: freaking out i was like I just opened this file and I just rearranged all the dog on tables. And now I yeah. opened it again. And it's like back
2: to what? What yeah, happened? has all yeah, the like, tabs? That, like, that was
0: like that. That that used to happen a lot, right? Where it would just rearrange yes. into like a close. Right.
2: Well, mm-hmm. but if you had saved tabs, like if you want to say like, here, here's just my e-commerce, here's my, you know, here's my product uh, mm-hmm. relationships. And that's what I always do. And I was like, weird. Because I had it on oh, a different dude. computer in Houston. I'm like, it must be Houston. And I was like, but <laughs> yeah that's interesting yeah so
1: i was struggling with this and i'm I'm like what's going on so i think some feedback has already been provided back it sounds like a fix might be in the works i haven't heard of any specific resolution yet um but it seems like that might have been a little bit of a you know be be aware that's good to know if good to know if you open your desktop in october your tables may be all rearranged into a weird way It, it just may have happened so you might have to rearrange your tables and i'm not sure right now if you if you rearrange them, save your file, I'm not confident that they go back. I think I've opened a file, realigned them, saved the file, came back in the file, and they were then all over the place again. So I'm not sure if it's yeah. saving the state of the views, which is very frustrating to me. Because I like to have them all very cleanly <laughs> you aligned. You talk
0: about that a lot. I do. Right? I, like you perfect alignment. 90 degree angles. Kind, yeah, man. All the dimensions sure, are on sure. the
1: left hand and right hand sides, and I put all the facts across Get the top it. bottom. It's easy to read. It's just it's just yeah. better to read the model that way, I feel like. So anyways. So
2: I don't know if this was actually in the blog because I don't remember reading it, but there's two things in desktop that are not available in the service, which is kind of weird. If you actually do the drill Uh-oh. through on the desktop, Uh-oh. there's a little actual like little arrow. Next to drill through that makes it more prominent this to drill through. Yeah, yeah. I I just saw this in the morning, i like, that's different. And then you can actually on a bar chart with uh with an axis, you can right click on a data point, it says group, and it will say like what you chose in others. Now, Was group- that in the block?
1: Um grouping's been think- around for a while, I believe.
2: No, but it's it's not grouping like a um, it's actually adding a like a legend to the visual.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So-
2: yeah, I'll I'll send out like a picture of it, but it was like that's actually really neat.
1: Tweet that picture, Tommy, because I'm not sure. If yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I'm sure if I've bumped into that yet. Interesting.
2: I will do so. So, but I don't remember that in the blog. But good things all around, except for you know completely erasing my how I'm mapping things together. So yeah,
1: not not good there on that one. I will admit, though, one thing I'm I'm very happy with, which I haven't been able to see if the performance is any better or not, but the switch statement has been performance optimized. So it sounds like that's been better. I think we talked about that last week, but I'm very pleased about that one. That's a good um, enhancement uh, to the to the whole platform there as well.
0: Uh, there was there was one that did catch my eye, and I just had to go check it because I, I knew there was one uh, that I really liked, which was there. There's an update to multi geo support for Power BI embedded. Oh, yeah. So apparently, yeah. even in current okay. state prior to you know the the release this month, uh, it it didn't. If you were embedding and using multi geo support, it wasn't. It wasn't pulling data directly from the locale that that you had set up in the workspace. It was going back to the the main main tenant data source. Yeah. So your your performance never got better. Um, so that one's huge for me.
1: And and uh, Power BI Premium Gen two just went GA. Yeah. So that was that all. Too. That's another. Um, I'm very happy about that one. that one. That one makes a lot of difference for a lot of
0: people.
2: Still no updates on deployment pipelines or apps, but... All right, so moving yeah. to today's All topic.
0: Right. <laughs> Don't <laughs> wait for that. Don't yeah. want to get derailed too much. Exactly. I today's
2: like about my grievances in Power BI. Okay, so yeah,
1: my... Let's let's not do grievances in Power BI. Instead, we'll instead we move on to the topic of... Today's going to be our vision, strategy, and staffing. This is, we, There's been a couple of conversations we've had around governance so far. This is... We're going to call this governance part two. There's a lot more things to consider around data and data strategy things. Um, so let's just kind of get in there. Tommy, Tommy, give me let's frame some of this a little bit here for for those of you who didn't hit the governance part one, just give us a little frame, Tommy, around you know what are we saying by when we mean governance? what what does that look like?
2: Yeah. so this is like you said, part two of our series. And if you haven't watched the previous episode, which was episode forty five, we kind of introduced what governance is and based on the Power BI adoption roadmap by Melissa Coates. And there's so much in this particular uh, resource in this article that we kind of just touched the surface. We actually just kind of started with the statements again, like what is governance? You know, is it the user empowerment? Is it what people do with the data? You know, what it is and what's not. Yep. So that's really, again, just touching the surface, kind of introduce the topic. But for today... And it's all about how, so to speak, or just that beginning phase of, you know, we can talk about what it is if we can define it, but now how do you actually begin to roll it out in terms of creating a strategy? What's around the strategy? What does it look like? And then obviously you can't do governance alone, would be nice, but you can't. So being able to get a group of people on board to help dictate and um, direct like the vision And the policies that go uh go with it
0: so i i think the the couple points i want to make coming out of last the the first one too right is is we we kind of well at least i split (laughs) like in my mentally there's a lot of very governance team focused things Mm -hmm. in this article but then also this huge strategy piece which like kind of aligns around the whole adoption and what we're diving into today is a lot of the meat in there of, right. you know, what, the, what are the different pieces that, that you would need to, you know, kind of focus on in order to basically implement an adoption roadmap. The other thing I want to point out is I really, I, I think Peter Myers wrote this, this one. And he was part of building the adoption roadmap because I see he's an author along with Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't want to misrepresent. Obviously, Melissa is, is you know, the vast majority of a lot of these articles come from her. I think Peter Myers actually wrote wrote this one specifically. We'll have to figure that out so we attribute credit to you know the the appropriate person. But yeah. if I'm just going by you know the the website itself, it looks like Peter the, is is the main driver writer, behind uh, the main writer. One. Yep exactly so one thing and again
1: I, I apologize guys i sent this on to you in a little bit after the fact here but i was doing some homework on this this morning and just trying to read through some of the there's a lot in there in the, in the adoption roadmap in the whole governance section a whole lot of good pieces in here tommy and i had a very interesting conversation around part a very small part of what governance can look like data quality and being able mm-hmm. to identify data stewards of various parts of data and who owns them and what is the process to update those things? We're, there's, there's a whole lot to governance. There's, there's providing access to people to data. There's, there's creating the data. There's promoting data. There's a whole lot of topics here, but this is one very narrow area where Tommy was Tommy like, well, how do you do, like, who owns this stuff? I said, well, the BI team can't own everything. We, we can't be the experts in what says, and what the finance team says, right? The finance team decides what pricing will look like. That's, that's their job. That's their data. The product team, or maybe the marketing or sales team, defines the marketing master data. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have data sets. They're going to have multiple pieces of all this information combined together to build reports. But when something's wrong, you can't go back to the BI team and say, fix it. It's not my data. I'm I'm a steward of the data. I'm helping disseminate that information to the organization. But ultimately, there needs to be owners of data. And I was talking to Tommy how I implemented a data quality, basically, scorecard. And we had identified on a column-by-column column basis for a single data set around product, a very narrow area. Product master was very important. People defined the products. People owned the names and description of the products. People owned some of the engineering dimensions and the weights of those products, a different team. Someone owned the pricing of those products, financial team. And so there was a lot of um, teams involved with the same amount of data for, and we had to get alignment. So I was, as the BI kind of or an analytics team lead for, the, for that project, I was constantly going between different departments and trying to figure out who's going to own this. what What is the data going to need to be? How do we measure if it's good or not? What are the acceptable values in this column or not? And we basically had a procedure that we could score each column of data, make a rough dashboard on a Power BI report that said, here's our data quality. Because I've, I've talked about this before in consulting engage, engagements. If you want 100% data quality, you better be willing to throw a lot of money at stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's it's like an asymptotic curve, right? It it doesn't you can get there, but it's going to get really expensive to get that last ninety nine point nine percent clean portion. You just need to yeah. spend time on it.
2: So maybe I'm overcomplicating in my head, but what I feel with data governance, especially this part, is I only can imagine like an FBI map or like a beautiful mind, so to speak, template where there's so many interdependencies between. Just like you're saying with uh, the the data quality, well, people have to, one, be willing to, you know, be on board with that and say, yeah, this is a standard that we're going to have. Yeah. Um, the the document talks about when it talks about the vision and, like, creating a vision is, you know, beginning, like, different strategy activities, right? Sure. But one of the things is if you don't have a staff, if you don't have, a, like, a data governance board. What what comes first, like the data quality? Were you doing it by yourself? Were you going to different teams and saying, "Hey, we're doing data quality. Here's a lot of values. I'm gonna meet with you. You're gonna own it." Some a lot of people go if there's not as important, or if there's not the buy-in from the comp- like from the organization, that's gonna be very hard to push. So I'm looking at this the documentation in terms of like creating a vision, creating your short-term and long-term goals. Yep it's almost that chicken or the egg where it's like, do you need the people first for that? And the vision, like what's that kind of bare minimum?
0: So, so, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna rein us in a little bit. Right? Yeah, yeah. So kind of fo- focus conversations because big, big topics and yeah, we're I ranging totally already across them, right? Yep, so yep. I think, you know, the the things that, that we wanna outline, Tommy are, are what you did, right? We're gonna talk about strategy first. You know, like, is there an overall? And I think the 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 article does a phenomenal job of this, right? Yeah. Like, lay out what are some of the challenges you're going to hit right off the bat, like, or you want to be cognizant of before you go through these mental exercises of, you know, building your strategy, like identifying people. What are the policies and processes and like project management and maybe we want to talk about that because it's (laughs) it's it's project management it's it's how do you roll it out it's the timing of things yep yep um but if we just focus on the strategy part right like i think like like i said there's there's some great key points you know in the strategy area challenges like lack of cohesive data governance strategies lack of executive support which we've talked about a ton of times so regardless of like if you want to do this on a micro level within your department certainly can but if you want to roll it out to a wider part of the organization you have to have the executive support to do that Um, and then insufficient adoption planning or advanced adoption in the maturity level of the BI and analytics. So if you have like zero maturity in your organization and Mm -hmm. everything's a hodgepodge, like you have one end of the spectrum to to start dealing with versus the other end of the spectrum, which is Power BI runs rampant in your organization Mm -hmm. and everybody's got their own way of doing it. And you have a whole different set of problems to solve when you're starting to figure out how do you do, you know, a, a, an adoption or a more um, not methodical, but organized way of managing BI and data content in your organization?
2: So let me propose the scenario then, because like you said, the planning is that the, those sections, let's say you're the BI guy at your company or responsible to put together a governance program. And there's no staffing because that's kind of where the documents kind of outline of like, Mm -hmm. how do you staff? Do you start with in a sense, the strategy of by yourself, obviously you need the executive buy-in, but what would you guys say in terms of outlining the vision, outlining the objectives of the data governance board, how important is getting basically that by yourself, like to write that up by one person, or is that more of a team effort to, The first thing they say here is basically like assess the current state of the data culture adoption and can validate this focus and the scope of the program. Is that a one person job? I
0: think you're doing the evaluation. Okay. I mean, essentially, you know, whoever is paying attention to to us or or governance in general, right? Like, you're the one that's going to like is trying to drive the adoption of Power BI within your organization. So this is kind of the the high level overview or the litmus of like, what is the current state of the organization? And and Peter does a fantastic job of like, here's the different areas you wanna focus on Mm -hmm. to identify the particular points of contention or points that you're gonna have to spend more time on versus less time on and um, kind of round out in your own mind, or provide that like, um, introduction, you know, I, I'm thinking about like, building this for yeah. a presentation, down, right downstream, right? like, yeah, like, how do I lay? How do I lay out what I'm going to talk about? Right. And this is this is what does that in my mind is it, it, it going through this exercise, here, are the act, mental exercises and the output of this should be the cost benefit analysis, the plan for short, short term goals and priorities, but you can't like, you can't introduce a plan to people without explaining why you're building the plan in the first place. So I think this, this is a huge, it's a body of work. It's a Mm -hmm. research thing in and of itself. But in order to like, go solve a problem or implement something very large, you know, if you're talking on an organizational level, and I get even on a, a, a lower level, I would think you still need to like figure out where the the, the problem parts of your, your particular area are before you start going and trying to solve the problem.
2: So would you recommend, and I think based on what you're saying, I agree with, but for that one person to create that initial vision, they have to be in a sense people facing first, because one, one of the bullet points is conduct a series of information gathering sessions. That's right off the bat. And as we talk about planning, before necessarily it might be a governance board. Mm-hmm. That's something basically you need to do. If you're going to put together this vision or doc to get people on board is just to kind of confirm what you're saying.
1: I, I would even go a little bit before further before that, right? So I'm looking at the recommendations. So one of the articles I sent over to you guys, there's a, there's a Gartner 2021 or something like that. There's an article, um uh, 2020 talking about the 10 data management and governance actions to reset, increase impact and enable remote work. So this is an article that kind of came out just a little while ago and it talks about what are some of the core things you're trying to do as a data team. And one Mm -hmm. of them is just identifying, just look across your organization and identify what data is required. What is the importance of every data? So just starting with that point, I think the right sizing of your team starts with how much of our data is critical for us to do business. And then it talks about here, you need to protect the quote unquote supply chain for defining the most critical data. So if you, I think, Tommy, to your point, how do you get started? What does the center of excellence look like? I think you start with talking to the business, doing these interviews, but before you even start thinking about like COE plan for for governance, you have to step back and say, of the data we have, where is the most critical part of my data showing up? And then once you have that, you can say, let's review the pipelines for Mm -hmm. us to get this data. Because you may find, Hey, this pipeline is kind of weak. We have we have not a lot of automation in it. Uh if if Rob leaves the company, we lose the knowledge that he had to build this very important data set that we've been using over and over again. So I think once you identify that part, I think then you come back and say, Okay, organization. Now you can start building what does the governing of that look like? What is the plan? How many people do we need? What does the center of excellence look like? How many people do we need on that? Where are these sources of data coming from? And identifying how to make sure that that is a protected supply chain of data, so that it can continue to keep flowing through. What are your thoughts on that? Does that seem to jive with what your guys' thoughts are?
0: I think that's a component, right? Like, like sure. having there. There's an assumption that there's data behind the scenes in source systems. Okay. Um, I. I don't know. In my mind, that doesn't play front and center in this particular conversation. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, because to me, I think I'm getting hung up on or struggling with is the idea of putting together that, you know, current state and the long term goals, that strategy component to me is like the most integral thing to get right off the bat. Like if you don't outline that and the business value for it. Like it's going to be hard to get people on board to want to do it.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying like that only hinges on good understanding of what data you have. You can put strategy around things, but if you don't know what you're trying to strategize around or what your your end state needs to look like, then I think you miss part of the strategy piece. I think you you sit down and say "That, that part is core. And then once you identify that, then you say, okay, now we figure out what the strategy is to maintain these enterprise pipelines of data. And from there, that that formulates your strategy, because I think that is the enablement that you want. And this Gartner article talks a lot more about, you know, the work remote movement has accelerated the need for companies to distribute their data quicker, faster. It's more online based, anyways. And so there's a, there's a larger movement to go faster to the cloud, because we need these systems that people
0: can use mm-hmm. their data in various places. And and I don't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I, I, like the data pipes and data access is like, we can't do anything without it, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, but I think that that's a piece of like organizational readiness, right? Like, are you even ready to like roll out a, a Power BI adoption thing? Or, you know, is it is the rollout of what you're gonna be doing only specific to End user proliferation because your entire organization works off Excel spreadsheets, right? Yep. Right, like the Like what what you're what you're I think talking about is is a very key component of one of the parts of kind of laying the framework for what do I need to start? Like what are what are the problems I'm I'm gonna run into when I create an adoption framework, right? Or a strategy of how I'm gonna roll Power BI throughout the organization there's this giant elephant in the room, Mike, that you're talking about, which is, you know, here's the, here's how I want to enable end users access to these systems, or I have these systems that are in silos and that's a component that I need to figure out in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Because of course, like this is like access to the data is is going to be part of that adoption, right? Or the acceleration of like, how do I proliferate Power BI through the organization and then what steps does someone take to, you know, graduate from their personal report to an enterprise level report? Right. And we've talked about that I multiple agreed. times previously, but yeah. I think that's where that component comes in. And the access to those source systems come with conditions Yes, that that you set or it, in, in this strategy. And that's what we're trying to do here is like lay the framework for like, right. okay, we have a billion things that we need to start addressing. Agreed. What is the first one? And I think that is just doing general assessments. So the thing you bring yeah. up 100%, yeah, hundred percent, that's gonna come out of this assessment. Correct. You're gonna mm-hmm. know like, what is the state of my data? Let alone, do people even have access to it? Yes.
2: Yeah, and I love that stuff because very intertwined, especially in this part, Uh, of the documentation is data culture. Like you're not just assessing data governance or you're not just trying to get the short-term, long-term goals of governance, but it very much ties in with assess the current state of the data culture and the adoption and the long-term goals to align your governance with the data culture. And I think that makes a lot of sense because it's not just about those data sources or where the data is coming from, but it goes back to, I don't know, in a sense how people behave or how people interpret how are people defining things in their department or teams? Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's very much part of this that I, I really do love because that that's part of your short term goals. Maybe you know, like we need to figure this out right away.
0: And, and I like, honestly, like as we sit here, I would say from the overview page and I said in the last podcast as well, like from the overview page, I'd go right to this strategy section mm-hmm. and yeah. be like, okay, I, these are these are a bunch of key activities that are laid out in a, a awesome way, and the outputs from them that I need to get started. Like so, so this is just a fact finding yeah. kind okay. of like what is You're my current state yeah. of of the organization because these are the problems I'm going to try to solve with the adoption roadmap.
2: I think that leads nicely into the who. So not the who for I do want to ask on who are we interviewing for or doing these, you know, information gathering sessions. And I think that kind of aligns or will kind of correlate with um, staffing your data governance board because you can't roll out governance alone. You may be able to create your vision Agreed. alone, or, but obviously you need people in your organization who have the expertise and the influence. So let me, let me ask the question first, how do you identify who you're getting the information from for kind of understanding what that current state is. Would you say it's every single department? So yeah, go, we'll kind of leave it there. Go
1: look at your email box. Find find who's sending out all the emailed reports from Excel. Those are people you need to talk to. Well, I mean, so, I mean, I would, Yeah, that's part of it. It's that's, that's not the whole answer. That was kind of jokingly in just there, but um, I, I would say though, right? Talk to your C-level executives. What reports are they looking at? Kind of walk through what what is the data that they're observing on a day-to-day basis, I think I think you start with the people who are making decisions about what we're doing. How much is our marketing budget spend? Where does that come from? So that's a person I feel like you were going after to say, help us figure out what what is important to you. And then you kind of have to walk your way back, I think, from there and say, okay, let's let's to my point earlier, let's walk this data pipeline. Where is that data coming from? And then figure out if that's those are the people you need to engage
2: with so when it comes from our staffing and they and the documentation outlines kind of basically like your roles and responsibilities who has uh, who has what say one thing that kept coming up in my head was okay you can maybe staff your team They kind of outline really literally each role and their description right and i think that's probably harder than you think to understand like who's the best fit for that right because unfortunately with organizations you're dealing with politics you're dealing with people who you know i think the morale who sh- who is the best fit
1: well, i think you're moving on to the next point yet and i don't okay know, i was okay. curious i want to hear seth's point on how do you find how do you find these uh how do you start right where where do you yeah i want to hear that first well, i think there's yeah, more so conversation
0: there first before we move on so if if we're moving from strategy right like we we've gone and we've identified yes you know the, uh, across the organization these these particular areas that we need to focus on yes um i as i was reading more into this all all i kept thinking of like man how do you mentally put all this together right mm-hmm. and i think i think you mentioned it in some sort of diagram right like i think lucid chart or visio or like start making a mind
2: mm-hmm.
0: map map of, yeah. a, a, like a hierarchy of like how do these that's a good idea how do these like i have on left all of my my bullet points of the organizational insights that I pulled out of the initial activities to understand what is my current scope, right. Mm -hmm. And then I could lay those out in terms of, here are the things we need to address, I can look at the adoption roadmap and start to figure out like, um, what is the overall implementation map look like. And then like, I, I look at people, And I almost want to say roles, but I I think they use that below. Meaning like, what is that particular thing? I'm not looking at people like individuals that exist in the organization. What I I guess I would be looking at is, okay, I know we have these problems that I have to solve. Some are bigger than others when we're going to do the adoption roadmap. So some of these areas are going to require more people than Mm -hmm. others. Agreed. So if I break this out into, you know, a separate thing now, okay, like, Um, I have the different areas, I have roles or things I need to solve for, how many of those things, boxes do I need, and what are they going to solve in this process, and is this a spike thing, is this somebody like, we bring in a bunch of contractors, and we have them implement a bunch of things, and then I can have one person, like, sustain it, or is this an organizational effort first, before we get into the, like, breakdown of each particular uh, adoption, you know, uh, area governance board, COE, et cetera, et cetera. So these are just like, Hey, we need, to, like, this is what I think based on our current state of the organization, how we utilize data, Mike, to your point, uh-huh. is it accessible, yep. et cetera. Yep. Like here's the path for resourcing. And then can we fill those things with people that we currently have and, and that gives me a litmus of like, OK, what is there a, an appetite for increasing personnel or resources to cover what I think we would need to do for adoption? Or is adoption going to take much longer than I thought it was? And, and we're going to, you know, yeah, stretch, no. stretch things so, out yeah. because that that gets into the conversation of like how long it would take for you to roll things out. Agreed. So
2: you're so you're saying if if I can repeat back. Take the priorities, the short-term, long-term goals, and then assess what people do you need from that.
0: I'm Rath- not there. I'm not. I'm not okay. there in short and long term yet. I, okay. I'm just okay. Purely okay. Or just from like the strat yeah. Insights I've gleaned, yeah. objects of like how this is going to start to lay the, out, okay. and then I'm going to. I'm starting to plug in roles uh, that that need to be played in each of these areas. As far as like to your point, a, a job job level description right. like this is and and there's tons of information and in yeah based
2: these, on uh, needs like, of right the company below right, right that
0: say here's the role and what they should be doing and then i need to know how many of those i need right mm-hmm. and then i have a scope of okay great uh tommy's coming to me as an executive and he's saying in order to roll out power bi you know uh, adoption roadmap we need to add 20 resources right or
2: no, yeah so, <laughs> no, so this is, not, this, is yeah. my,
1: this is my hesitation right now with with this up, not not the approach i think the approach is appropriate i think i think we have to. I'm, I'm a big proponent of start small prove value and then with a little bit of proving value then we have the opportunity to grow bigger so i think i think you're 100 right i think the roles i think you're going to define this is the stuff this is the type of work we need to do and we need to even say here's the internal people that we have already that can potentially do some of these things makes a lot of sense. Yep. But I'm thinking initially, I'm thinking there's probably one or two people who are wearing like six hats, right? To, sure. get, to sure. get going until we say, hey, a couple months down the road, this is really working. We're getting, we're actually outputting or we're actually providing governance and proper access to things that is yep. winning. And then at that point in time, I think you can say, okay, we're gonna add, as we add more data sources, I think is one of these give and take things if the organization finds value from it, you say, well, we're managing three yeah. or four sources now with the team we have, you're actually asking us to add to 15. So if I had to extrapolate to a larger team, we can't do this with three people, right? You have to at least, make you know, as as you prove your worth, you need to come back and say, okay, we've done it with this, this is what we think we've staffed now, or this is what we've got going with the, the bare bones team or the, the minimal part. Now let's talk about growing that to a bigger audience or, you know this is asking give us more data sets you're like okay fine we need yeah. two more people like and that I think that is about a stronger case there um when you kind of do that iterative like prove value you know s- see that it's working and then you can then grow the team out from there because yeah, yeah.
0: and'm I'm, I'm not arguing for your implement like you're you're pushing for resources right now what I think you bring a great point Mike though is in in those roles or areas are there are there spikes for introducing a new business unit, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, okay, here's a role uh, or two roles that we, you know, to support the, you know, first rollout. But if we go full org, what it, what does that look like, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there are capacity limitations or we need to bring in more people from different business units to support these things yes. or whatever the case may be. This is just like purely... What What is the landscape of who's going to own different parts of, you know, these pieces and and kind of what is that that look like from a definition standpoint? Agreed. And and if you can align existing things to that, like it, like I'm sure on the higher levels, who's your executive sponsor, who owns yep. the COE, who's responsible for that and start to do maybe some racy, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, responsible, yeah. accountable, you know, that kind of thing Yep. Um. in here. It, it's just the landscape of like, here. here's the things and kind of merging some of the overview strategy into the, the breakdown for your particular org.
2: So I, I like that and I, I'm agreeing with the idea of not necessarily having the full staff right off the bat where you address the needs, sure. right? Off, you know, like, we're like we're our biggest priorities now, maybe we start with a team, maybe we start with a certain part of governance that we really wanna accomplish first. I think what what I'm struggling with the, is, though, if you have a subset team that is supposed to influence data for the organization, they need influence. And even if you have, uh, let's say, you're, you know the key stakeholder, your chief executive officer, someone on board with this, if you have a subset of the organization doing a subset of the governance off the bat, how much influence are they going to have to change things? And I think that's where I'm struggling with is if you almost to play devil's advocate, but if you don't have in a sense a fully fleshed out staff that has the branches within the other teams and departments, how is that going to actually make a difference and influence the data changes and and um, in introducing policies?
1: So I Maybe not I I think I think part of this is well so it's, so here's where I think I think there's a federated approach to this. So I've done a couple of COE's where it we kind of started them from scratch. And I think it, it really hinges on uh, and James makes a really good point on the comment here from LinkedIn. James is talking about all these people you're talking about have a day job, right? right. Not not every company is coming in and greenfielding two new positions to be solely around data governance and data management of things. 100%. I would also oh, yeah. I would also echo though there are people doing something like this today and my whole big point around just Power BI in general is when you bring in Power BI, you remove people's pain points around other things. For example, when you're partnering with these individuals, and how do you how do you get buy-in from these different leaders? I've always said this. You want to make sure that people that are participating in the Center of Excellence, part of their goals for the year are to participate in the Center of Excellence. Mm-hmm. So every Every company is making goals. Well, most companies are making goals for their employees and saying, we expect you to kind of do these things, and we're going to measure you on your participation on these things whatever that may be. And hopefully, and when I was at Johnson Controls, we had really clear goals. The company had financial objectives, which got broken down into departmental goals, which got broken down to manager goals, which got broken down to employee goals. That way everyone's kind of yeah. marching the same direction. So I feel like a portion of this is for key individuals, if you want easier access to your data, if you want access to the back end system, if you, and if you want access to the ERP level data earlier in the process, not this pre-groomed business object universe thing, right? If you want the earlier access, we'll give it to you. But here's some of the conditions to play with this, right? We want we want your participation. We're going to have once a month or once a you know, week meetings around this information. You got to show up. And so you make some very simple goals for those people to participate and you start leading that. And I, I think there has to be at least one person in the CUE that is like executive level sponsored person, right? I think you do need a person in the CUE that has... A majority of their role is to run the CUE. Mm-hmm.
2: So, one thing I, I wonder, I don't unless we had another topic here to, to keep on the staffing um, topic. I can't can't help but thinking is you get this group of people together from different teams, departments, different outlooks. I, wh- one thing that I'm struggling with is too is the idea of you have to manage now. differences, the conflict and the politics, because if I'm in a role with somebody else Mm -hmm. and I have greater authority, right? How, how does that manage? Can one, can that same person who put the vision together also basically be responsible for that or managing that because because that, that will come up.
1: So that was a, that's another key point that's in the article. So if you go down halfway down, it's talking about, um, under the governance planning in the people section, right? You're asking a question, there needs to be some level of confirming who has the decision-making approval and the veto authority with that data thing. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people who say, I need this data this way. This is the kind of data I need. Just give it to me. Just let me have it. But there has to be someone on there. And I think that's where part of this comes from a, you know, the, a governing policy. And again, I was at a larger company. So we actually had team members that were actually, that their job was to govern data across the organization. So we would come up with an idea potentially, we'd have to go back to this larger board and get approval for some of these things. And there was someone who just could could say, no, we're not doing that. And we then have to figure out, okay, is there another solution? What, What is an acceptable solution? Can we negotiate this? Can we put the data in a different place that is acceptable? Can we scrub some of the data out because it's too proprietary, we can't give this out to people? Like, what does that look? like I think there's still that negotiation that's still happening there,
2: yeah. We're just getting that level of buy-in Agreed. so I, I
0: I think I think we're we're moving into policies and processes okay. right which which is sounds yeah, fantastic, right from from a people perspective. So if we've I, I'm just in some ways i'm I'm kind of visualizing this, right? so i've I've sure. built built the components that I need for an adoption I've identified you know strategically what are the pain points in my organization I've defined yes. people that yep. might be filling the roles within here and now now what we're talking about is the how how these thing how these entities the interact yeah right I, I think I think one point I want to make is you've identified you know pain points areas people I think there's a body of work of what is the responsibility of that area? And do you have the bare minimum to support the the needs of that area? Because huh. that that's that's a development effort of likely documentation or, or some process. Yeah. And then the policies are are kind of like the paths in between these, you know, entities and how it interacts with the end user, right? Yeah. Like, and this is where I think you spend a lot of time related to how people that, you know data access paths for, you know, promotion of certain things. Um, and I'm going to make either really stupid analogy, or one that'll like interconnect what I'm talking about. I <laughs> let's go I honestly, I honestly think like, if we talk about strategy, this is nothing other than questions and answers, and you doing requirement gathering. People are facts and dimensions. And the policies are the relationships and calculations. Ooh, it's, it's, it's a model, right it, it's, it's that sort of framework, so, right? Well, and if we're, we're I'm, drilling it down on a report level, I'm still right? digesting
1: this. Can you, can you give, so, do it again? Cause so, I think I, I like on. the analogy that you're putting up here.
0: So overall, the overview is like, what is, what is the scope of what, what it like, what is the problem? Yep. And what are the things that are important to the organization to solve? Correct. Because the adoption adopting power BI has to solve problems within the organization totally Otherwise, you're not going to get any buy-in exactly it's not going to do anything exactly right defining the areas and the people who are responsible are really identifying like what like a fact and dimension like what is your relationship in the construct of this organization and then mm-hmm. the the policies and processes that we develop are the relationships between these entities and how they interact with each other obviously the only difference is we're going to have a ton of relationships in between these things yeah yeah yeah. just one yep but i think in context i was like oh that kind of (laughs) works you know if we're if we're trying to mentally understand like the concepts of each of these different things we talk a lot with with report authors yes right and in my mind i'm thinking lucid charts and how these boxes interrelate, relate but i do think there's a a a close enough parity in here that if you're struggling to grasp kind of where I'm coming from, like that that kind of may bring it together.
2: As long as you're not updating to the October, 2021 (laughs) desktop. So (laughs) I would-
0: I I, I, I like how you brought it full circle there,
2: Tommy. Yeah, thanks. No, I I would actually love to see that, Seth, like an actual visual, like maybe creating like a pseudo data model, what that looks like, because that I think is the hardest part of this is again, The interdependencies, the relationships between all this—like what affects what—a lot of time there. Yeah, so I think that idea of the lucid chart, or even like literally creating a data model of this—I would love to see that. I would love to see that because I think that is the hardest part of this.
0: So, so let me let me let me finish out and make one point, right? With the whole strategy discussion around this, right? Policies and processes—I think you're going to spend a ton of time defining how how do you, you know, take the end users. Unblock them as much mm-hmm. as possible, but then start to put gates where there need to be. Mm-hmm. And what part of the organization is going to own that? And what does what the or what part of the adoption you know framework? And does the end user, when you're going to roll it out, have a clear understanding of how they tackle issues as they come up through this pipe or web of of responsibility? And I think like overall, in my mind, the strategy is is getting this laid out mentally for yourself. So you've you can speak to it, you can talk through it, and you have a vision, and then you figure out how do you roll it out. Because I think all of us agree, you don't do this all like you don't do this, do all the work and then roll it out, because that would be the approach of like massive waterfall. You're yep. like you build Build it and they will come. Like that oh, is not. Right? I don't think that works very like, well But I think I think mentally this exercise is imperative to understand mm-hmm. before you then go. I'm gonna segment out these things. I'm gonna pull in the PM, right, the project man, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see how this rolls out because I'm gonna start with this business unit, and I'm gonna like I'm gonna take V1 of these things, even though I know I have other work to do, right. And mm-hmm. it's going to take it's going to take X amount of time, depending on how we want to resource it. If it's with you know people that exist, and we're going to take parts of their you know day to do these things, then you get an idea of like a timeline. Yeah, like what is important? Do we have all these things in place? Yep. Here's V one, V two, V three, and then you get direct feedback of hey, were you right on V1 or do you need to iterate? Yeah. You need to fix some things. Yep. Do you, then you go into V2 and then maybe it's two business units because you've already vetted the approach. And yes. you know, but I think that path of just having, being able to answer questions and have the bare minimum for the end users is is the point I've always been making. You like, you have kind of one opportunity for a really large rollout to change people's behaviors right? If they're doing something in a, in their way, like, and you're not giving clear direction of like, Hey guys, here's how we're going to do things. When you have problems, here's the path, here's the new process, here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work seamlessly. They're just going to go back to their old ways. Totally agree. And then I think right. you have a bigger problem on your hands because what you're trying to roll out is some standardization across the organization. So The strategy part, where we're laying out all these pieces, I think is imperative for you and a group. the group that is wanting to roll out on a a larger level, clearly understand and can articulate, so that as you hit those pain points downstream, everybody knows the vision. Everybody knows where Mm -hmm. we're going, Mm -hmm. right?
1: I I liked a couple points you made in there. I think the one point around um, making wins and making sure that people... I again this is maybe this you said it in a different way I think a better way than what I say it but if you don't remove people's pain points they won't use what you're going to use right, right. If, it, if it's still hard to work with it it's going to be they're going to not adopt it and so I think a, a large portion of what we're doing is trying to listen to people's pain points hear what they're saying and remove those pain points in a in a in a good way such that whatever we were producing is creating less friction to get to the data to provide action on top of data for their daily jobs. I think I think that drives a lot of good adoption in there.
2: Yeah, I think my final point would be said, I think that's just a perfect summary. It's one like, how do you sell it from the onset, but two, the ability to orchestrate the ongoing, especially that initial thing to get people to continue to see that what the vision is and what that outcome is, is going to be integral. The mm-hmm. so for me, it's selling it initially, having that idea of you know, being able to sell that to the staff or your a stakeholder. But then as you go through the first few meetings, that they can actually see, oh, there's an, actually a difference now. There's actually that business value now. Exactly. And that ability to orchestrate that and communicate that. Like that's in a sense the role that I think we would all play in in the scope of the data governance rather than dictating what it's going to be.
1: Your your best yeah, your best user to help you push this forward is the users who are actually finding value from it. Yeah. Right. So the people that are say, this worked for me, right? You, you, whatever you're doing, that one person is doing the governance and having expected a buy-in at that level. Good, you need that. But your best, you know, voice for yeah. why this is working is the people that are finding the daily value from it. And they're saying this is working and they, they jump on to, the, to the, the culture that you're trying to produce. And I think that it's, it takes a little bit of time because I remember I was in one department that was very heavily analytical. And I was, other teams were having issues with data things. And so I went, I would go to them and I would did a uh, build it show. Like, well, I, I can't remember the pattern I was using. It was like a, it's like a build it, help me, sh- uh, guide me. Something like that. It's kind of like a, a pattern, yeah. right? I'd go in, I would build the first solution. Like they'd have a problem with data. We'd go in, we'd build a thing in Power Query and like, here, I can help you get your data together. I'll, I'll make it easier. And they're just kind of like, I don't really know if this is going to work. So I build something for them initially. The second time they have a problem, I help them build it, so they they do the driving, they drive and I kind of guide, right? And then the third time, they build it on their own and they come ask me for questions that they get stuck. And I felt like that was that was a good pattern to use with these other departments mm-hmm. that were trying to do what we were doing in our analytical space. And then once I removed some of their pain, they're like, this makes sense. How? What other data can we get? And then we can say, hey, the by benefit, the way, yeah. our team has all this master data, do you want some of that? And they're like, yeah, we do. Yeah. Like You've already done yeah. this work to get it right. Help me help me get access to that stuff. And so then it was like this kind of like, hey, I can help you, but you need to help me by kind of like, this is the new way we're going to do yeah. things. Let's let's learn together. And I think it's, it's a lot around one-on-one, people with people, you know, just guiding, right? You know, this is a better way. I've learned this better way. Let's use this. Let's not continually copy-paste copy, documents
0: between Excels.
1: And let's that's change. a win. That's yeah. a win.
0: I th- Mike, it- I think like if you're going to encapsulate or keep one one thought in your mind it's it's that right if you along the veins of like are you saving money or making money right totally are you in are you enabling a user to do their job better yes and faster yes like is the thing we're setting up or the thing that we're we're strategically trying to implement yes is it going is it solving that problem or not and if it's not like it better be like because we have a hard limitation in our organization around data security we can't right like yeah otherwise everything should be around the the end user and enabling them because 100% the more pe- all the, all it takes is changing the view of or showing one person we all know that yes. the yeah. excitement of of yes. showing them like what this tool does And what you can do with it to get your insights faster and in an automated fashion changes how people do their jobs. And we as professionals in our area, BI professionals need to start to enable a lot of the information worker to learn these skills so that they can start to deal with the volumes of data that we're being tasked with ingesting and making sense out of. Because if they don't know how to use these tools, like, dude, like, you're going to have major problems in your org in five yeah. years. Yeah, I agree.
2: If if I can end with just two sentences from the doc, which I think perfectly summarizes it up, um, it basically says, relentlessly prioritizing and iterating on improvements will make the scope manageable. If you track your progress and accomplishments each week and each month, you'll be amazed at the impact over time. And I think that's, like, perfect what you guys are saying. That's
1: a very good. I'd also recommend, um, I think we'll add a link in the chat window around this Gartner report. Yeah, it's a, a Gartner... Um, 10 data management governance actions. There's a very interesting chart in the middle of it that talks about short-term, mid-term and long-term actions. And it talks about what is the level of impact each of the things you can do on a scale. I thought it was a very interesting chart and it's interesting to see, you could almost put yourself a place to say, of these actions that they're asking me to do, I could look at these actions and say, where do I fit on this? Have I moved most of my data to the cloud? Right. Have I been able to support virtualization with APIs? Do I have some relaxed governance controls to allow people to get to the data? You can look at this chart and say, where do I fit? And you could say, what should I be working on next? Where where do I sit on this line? And then what can be next? So for me, I can just basically say it's a journey. I think my observation here would be is it's a lot of one-on-one people teaching people there's a better way. And then you have to build the relationship to 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 get the buy-in because either through turnover in your company or people changing their ways, something's going to have to change. You're going to have, there's some level of change that's going to have to happen here. And you can't do that by just coming in and, pounding on tables and yelling at people, it doesn't work. So I feel like it, it has to be, I've been in meetings where pounding happened, right? That's how you get your way, Tommy, right? That's how it, it doesn't work. I think I, I
2: don't understand.
1: I, I think it works. I think the adoption drives is much better. I think you get much, much better results when you come yeah. alongside people, help them, teach them. And I think, Tommy, you did a great job at, at, at your company. I think you do a lot of education around the reports you build how you produce them. I, I think that's huge. And I think that's it's never what you've done. It's never done. It's yeah. it's never going to be done. But no. the fact that you're prioritizing that work and then that drives further adoption of whatever solution you're building, that makes your work as the report builder or report building team that much more valuable because you're being critical, you're thinking about it and people use it and move on and, and continue that can continue to grow within the company. Any th- final wrap up thoughts, Seth, if you want to throw any in there?
0: I think we're good man i think uh <laughs> all right i think the encapsulating th- thought i had was was provided um all right we'll do it
1: it was a good good combo very good conversation i really in, enjoyed this one so our only ask if you enjoyed this conversation if you're working through data governance right now um, thank you for for listening to us ramble about some things for an hour or so uh, we hope this is providing some value for you um, our only ask as you consume the podcast is if you like the content, please just share it with one other person. Find someone at work that you think might have a, an ear for this, might like to engage in the conversation. Just say, hey, here's some podcast. Please take a listen to this. You might get a laugh. You might learn some things. Um, we hope that you, you can share that with somebody else. And Tommy, if you're uh, watching or listening, where can you find the podcast?
2: So if you're watching the podcast live and you're in the conversation and you want to be able to listen at any time, best place to do so is uh, subscribe on Apple and Spotify, leave a rating review. You have all of our 49 episodes available to you and everything moving forward. If you're listening on the uh, audio on the podcast and you want to join the conversation, join the chat. Uh, You can watch every Tuesday and Thursday, 730 a.m. Central. Uh, Look, just follow Power BI Tips on YouTube and LinkedIn.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you all very much. And we'll see you on Thursday.